1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think.
2: Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors, who will give you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan Moylan here. Hello. With Michael Normanson and Moscow White, Daniel Chapman as well. What's that you've got in your hand, there, Michael? A pen? No. Your, no,
0: not the pen. No, no, not a pen. It's a square ball shirt.
2: Oh, look at that! It's it's beautiful. If you can't see that, that's because you're listening to this on the audio version. Check it out on YouTube. Available on both. Um, look at that! It's been made hand sti- hand stitched. Well, machine stitched Pro- by machine, obviously. Yeah. Hand, 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 machines, hand. hands. The machine was hand programmed. To, yeah, to, probably, to stitch yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds about Let's right. Got number two on the back. Yep, that's nice. The number that Bielsa wore while playing. For Newell's, this shirt does resemble, but this is a square ball shirt very much. Yes, very much so. There you go, it's nice,
1: isn't it? Beautiful.
2: But if I I wanted one, what what am I going to do about that? It's all fine and well showing me it. It's very
1: easy, you go to the squareball.net. Ah, is that
2: because the merch store's back up and running and you can find loads of glorious stuff on there?
1: Correct. Excellent. You could even do it the short way and go to the squareball.net slash merch. Yep. M-E-R-C-H. Wow. But then you'd
0: miss all the fantastic stuff on the blog,
1: Musk. Yeah, but you go and read that after you've done the shopping. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. While you wait for it to arrive. (laughs) <laughs> excellent uh,
2: the squareball.net for all that uh, the weekly show they're number 300 I think this might well be so happy anniversary arbitrary numbers and all that
0: mm. I mean we've done about 4,000 podcasts with all the match balls and other stuff but yeah, you know, that's right still...
2: you you talk down our achievements Michael I'm saying we, we've done more great part one of the show this is the news headlines right pick the bones from these then we owe Leipzig 18 million quid or nearly do uh, we've been linked with left backs and strikers some good news uh, another Red Bull manager has departed the league at Southampton. Bamford's injured again. Victor's shouting again. Kids won again. Women lost. Charlie Creswell has been brutalised. And we know when next season's Premier League is going to be, which we're definitely going to be in. Do
1: another you know the Football League dates yet?
0: Didn't see. I didn't check
2: those. They've not no. been announced.
0: No. We don't need to know. I don't
2: have any alerts out for that. It's, don't follow the social accounts. None of that. Where do you want to start? I suppose probably the £18 million. Pounds. No. That's quite bad, isn't it? Let me guess,
0: you're going to moan at spending money again. <laughs> well, I don't... It's not my money, so... Well, I mean, some of it is. Well, a little bit, but, you know, margin, <laughs> marginal amounts, but um, it's probably not that surprising, is it? I think this felt like this was coming. That The cast were going to make us fork out for that useless lump. Yeah, I mean, Phil Hay
2: did a little breakdown of how we've got to this point over on that show. We're so worth a listen. It's the Court for Arbitration for Sport, ruled in favour of Leipzig, the ultimate arbitration body in sport, Although there is one more potential body we can go to in Switzerland. Basically, I think the the naughty police in Switzerland, I think they're called something like that. Mm. When there have been procedural errors, pfft, it's
0: expensive doing it. And we don't even get to have him. No. I mean, it reminds me a bit of the Cameron Stewart thing where we basically pull the plug on it, taking a bit of a chance because we were like, no, it's just not worth it. It'll be, it'd be useless one way or another. And it does seem like his career is not, he doesn't seem like we're missing much, does it? I think, is the, is the point. I know he scored a couple of goals recently in um, Switzerland, but it's a long way off the Premier League, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean COVID fucked him, basically, seems to be the, the message that long he first of all, I think it, it made it much more difficult for him to come back from that hamstrung injury that he had on arrival because trying to you know, we went into lockdown and I don't think anybody was getting well, you weren't really allowed to get effective treatment at that point training at home didn't do much for his fitness and then he actually caught it and then it um, seems to have taken him two years to get over the, the results of that. So um, that was unhelpful. And then COVID is obviously the reason why the uh, the whole contract situation became a, a problem that ended up at CAS anyway.
2: So yeah, CAS panel uh, in charge of the matter has dismissed the appeal filed by Leeds, confirmed the uh, challenge decision in its entirety, I've got to pay them the first instalment of the transfer fee, which is 6.7 million euro. Leeds surprised and disappointed by the decision, which not only contradicts the language and meaning of the contract, but also the practices adopted in European football under FIFA regulations due to the unique impact of the extensions to the season necessitated by COVID postponements. Yeah. And their argument was basically, we had to extend, like, Jack Harrison's contract. Sorry, Jackie Harrison's contract, Moscow. I think he's returned to Jackie in recent weeks, but... Right. And, no, he's still Jackie. And, he's uh, still And we had to sign... Berardi on a new, you know, anybody who wanted to play had to sign a new deal. So I think the that was Legionites' position. But anyway.
1: Well, uh, Leeds did have a, I mean, getting, RB Leipzig's role in this doesn't seem to get mentioned much, but in the FIFA's ruling, it does have the timeline of what went on. And in there is that the 24th of April, 2020, when we're still, um, we're about a month into lockdown at that point and everything is, we don't know when the football season's coming back, if the football season's coming back. Leeds sent an email to Augustin's agent saying three things, that they would like permission from Leipzig to extend the loan uh, in the event that the season goes beyond the 30th of June. And when the reply eventually came, uh, 12th of June, so it took six weeks for Leipzig to get back and all this, and Leipzig said, yes, we need to do that. So they agreed that we needed to extend the loan beyond the 30th of June because of the, the extension of the season. We would also need to extend the deadline for the obligation to purchase the player to take us to the end of the season, whenever that may be. And in Leipzig's reply, they said, yes, we do need to do that, because I don't know why they would say that unless they felt that the contract that we had didn't deal with the extension to the season, so they agreed that we would need to extend the deadline. The third thing was, if possible, we would also like to ask for their consideration in changing the installments due to the financial impact caused by the COVID-19 pandemic you remember at that time, nobody knew whether the broadcast payments were going to be coming on time, whether we ended up having to pay part of the Premier League broadcast payments back, even though we were in the championship. So all of that in April 2020 is a valid question to say, we don't know what the cash flow is going to be. So when we pay you for this player needs to be discussed as well. And Leipzig said to that, no, they weren't having that. Nine. And Leeds's case is that because they wouldn't talk about changing the instalment plan, they couldn't talk about the rest of it because the instalments were going to be due, the first instalment was due on the 1st of September if we'd signed him on the 1st of July. And then the season started on, if I remember rightly, it was, after, it was like a week later that the Premier League season started and sort of getting the, the cash flow and the payments and the confirmation of when we were going to have this 7 million to sign him was something that uh, was going to be difficult. However by the uh, 12th of June, when we did get the reply, I think by that point, we'd seen the state of John Kevin and Augustan coming out of lockdown and decided, let's try not to sign him. Nine. No, yeah, so... Sort of saying
0: that Pre-COVID, the signs weren't good. He basically never managed to get off the
1: running track at Thorpe Arch, did he? Well, he pl- I mean, you went to show... you. You went to Sheffield because you were so excited to see him play I know, and I saw was, him. I was so disappointed. Michael, talk us through that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got there and I was like, ah, oh, he looks, because he looked. Did you, didn't did you pull a sickie at work? No, I was doing square ball, wasn't I? At that Yeah, point? exactly. You pulled a yeah. sickie at work. <laughs> yeah, I went to watch it because I was so excited. You must still like ITV at that point. i, I, no, I kept the But then I got there and, you know, you're trying to think the best of someone. And you're watching him move and then you get the, the odd touch and you're sort of thinking, oh, shit.
2: I, I was exactly the same. You know, the badge, when we had the badge redesign. Mm. I wanted to think the best of them at that point. And I thought, okay, I see I see what they're trying to do. Um, it's got <laughs> the right colours on it. Um, there are some good things. And then within about five minutes, I realised just how awful it was. What mm. about
0: Augustin? Yeah, he was. He basically was really slow for a half and then limped off at halftime.
1: And it was... Well, he went down with a hamstring injury in the first half. You I yeah. remember I was watching it from... From home, and that was the the problems with him were that he hadn't been playing, and he didn't have the fitness, and he needed to get up to fitness. And then the hamstring was a setback, and then before he was cured of that, um, we all went into lockdown, so we never got the chance. I can't go back. I keep reading all the sort of anger about this, and I can't go back to January 2020 and pretend anything other than I thought that this was an absolutely brilliant deal. And I would probably actually, if this came up again tomorrow. And Leeds did exactly the same. I would say it's a brilliant deal because the comments from Marcelo Bielsa that summed him up at the time said that this player, with his skills and his ability, he is a 30, 40 million pound player. All he has to do is start playing and showing that. And we did a deal in the second division where we got him on loan for a season and only if we went up, we would pay 18 million pounds for a 40 million pound player And there's a lot of heat at the moment going like, oh, why did we tie ourselves into that obligation? We should dream that we'd had that obligation for Ben White. We missed out big style because Brighton wouldn't give us that obligation. Here we were with a potential bargain with the risk of his fitness, but that's um, every transfer is is a risk and probably the payoff of getting a 30, 40 million pound player for half price that at the time every scout in Europe said they couldn't believe that Leeds had got him. I've got... The Athletic, Augustine's 2017-18 numbers put him among the Europe's elites, and there's a big tactical breakdown of everything that's great about him. Augustine can be a hit for Leeds and Bielsa, the headline on there. And everybody um, across Europe thought, yeah, that is definitely worth going for. Because the, other, the the way this could have played out is he could have got fit, scored 12 goals got us promoted and if we didn't have an obligation to sign him, he signs for Arsenal and everybody wants Victor Orta's head on a stick because we've missed out on our new um, £50 million value striker.
2: So what you're saying is give Victor Orta a pay rise and have him shouting more into the phones of fans, yeah? No,
1: No, but I think going back to January 2020 and being excited about it, it's kind of, I can't then come back and, pretend that I, oh, yeah. I knew all along this was a bad idea. I yeah. thought it was a great idea. And it is the kind of deal that clubs in our position try to go for and try to make work. If there's a player out there who is £40 million worth of striker and you can get him for £18 million, and only if we got promoted as well. So we were going to use the promotion cash to pay £18 And what does, you know, £18 is Firpo price and Firpo's rubbish. So it's the opportunity there to get a really good player for a knockdown price and then who knows how things would have turned out if mm. COVID hadn't happened, if his hamstring hadn't pinged, but what can you do to mitigate against those things? I
0: suppose the thing would be if you—if we're saying he was potentially a £40 million player, if he was that, why did Leipzig not just want to have him? Because they very clearly wanted to move him out yeah. at that stage. Uh, I mean, and they'd, just, and they'd already, he'd already been to Monaco that season and failed there, hadn't he? So I guess there's a, is, there's a bit of maybe, which is I guess where due diligence could be a problem on our part, is that if Leipzig have essentially sold as a car when they know the engine's fucked. And they're like, we'll oh, just get it through. But it's by, by way, it isn't it? The, the
2: other side to that is the extension of what you just said there is not only why didn't they want him, but why were they trying to get rid of him as well? And if he's only costing £18 million pounds or potentially less, which is what he's gone for since, I mean, they were happy just to wash their hands of it, weren't they? Why is this £40 million pound player being offloaded for 40, 45% of his value? So there's... And I know, look, we've always... We've got the privilege of hindsight now. It's the way that this thing works, isn't it? We all have an opinion on X, Y, and Z in football, and then uh, what actually unfolds often proves you wrong, and then we talk about it with the aid of hindsight. It's very hard buying yeah.
0: footballers. Yeah, It's worth saying that in, in defence of Victor Alta, it's one of the most difficult things to try and judge because you can... How many signings over the years have you looked at on paper and gone, yeah, they look like, look good on paper. Rodrigo on paper seemed great. Spain's number nine, played in La Liga for you know a decade, one of the best strikers there prime of his career was 28, 29, wasn't he? 29, yeah. So you think, perfect, he's going to slot straight in. Absolutely seamless, not going to be an issue here. And then he turned up and everyone was
2: like, oh. Can't really run much, can he?" Hey, listen, the the whole um, Red Bull thing is worth just kind of circling around as well because they've kind of just been, it feels like they've been in our orbit, we've been in their orbit a wee bit. Obviously, you've got Marsh, Adams, Aronson, and then they were sniffing around, weren't they, when Chilino was in charge and even David Haig put a can of Red Bull (laughs) on the table. Which, I mean, goodness me, that was very, that was very subtle, wasn't it? Very clever. Uh, and uh, Ralphie Rabbit Hutch, Hassan Huttle, has been sacked from Southampton. Um, I mean, you, who's put this on the
0: sheet? Is it you, Michael? Been coming for several years. Is that how you feel about it? <laughs> well, it just feels like these, he's been the favourite to be sacked for ages, and I think he's probably been desperate to be sacked in some ways. Be like, just f- fucking put an end to this. <laughs> God, God. Be, he just always seems to win. He'll be all right on the verge of being sacked, then they'll win two games in a row, and he'll be like... Oh, <laughs> just let me go got on gotta put my tight and waistcoat on again for another week but yeah, yeah um, I'm kind of pleased in a way that they seem to be getting Nathan Jones because yeah. it seems like quite a risk and I just want some other teams to go down this season that, yeah that you, you look at I me mean, and we talk
2: about the privilege of hindsight but you look at that and you think that's a manager who is likely to take them down on balance of probability
1: yeah I mean Nathan Jones had a if you remember it at Stoke, after uh, they beat Leeds, he put a big photograph of his own celebration in the, oh, yeah. in the corridor at Stoke. That he used to look at himself. And go, Oh yeah, aren't I great? And that's not a good a good trait, I don't think. And then he had to go scuttling back to Luton because it all went wrong. And you do get some coach. Uh, the big question about Nathan Jones um, has he been gone too long? Is whether he can do it anywhere other than Luton.
0: The Kevin Nichols.
1: Yeah, you do get some situation. Of that. I think the thing with Southampton as well is kind of. What a weird uh, version of us they kind of represent because um, obviously it hasn't hurt. All you say and came out of the, the Red Bull world and um, uh, when you describe sort of our state of play, um, it also well style of play it describes Southampton's to quite an extent. And if you look at their results this season, they beat Chelsea and then um, lost to Villa, Everton, Man City quite badly. Um, drew one one with Arsenal, beat Leicester. So they've they've got that thing of um, where they play quite well against the strongest teams in the division, but then their peers, so in a row, Wolves, Villa, Everton, and then Palace beat them as well. They all just beat them out of of hand. Mm. Um, And that's kind of been their theme for a while where they're very good against the... When they're not losing 9-0, they're good against the the top teams, but then bad against the, the ones that they end up around in the division. The other thing is they have pretty much the lowest after Arsenal the lowest average age um, as a matter of policy where they've spent on um, all these young players that they want to bring through and they believe that they'll they'll grow with them Um, I think one of the either the next lowest average age or very close to theirs is Leeds United because I think we are also as policy having a very as young a squad as we can possibly manage and the thing with Nathan Jones that I don't really understand as a as a follow-on to Tasson Hurtle in this is, and I don't really understand with Marsh being with us to an extent, is the thing that we learned with Marcelo Bielsa was the power of an exceptional coach with less than exceptional players. And when your aim is to kind of bring through a crop of youngsters, educate them, get them up to high Premier League standards and either succeed or sell, I don't know why you would bring in Nathan Jones, Mm. who who his experience of the world is Luton. You know, you want to... I always remember um, Ilya Kapril, our third-choice goalkeeper, is now tearing it up in Serie B. We're still talking about, he said, stories that Marcelo Bielsa told them. He said he had a story about a Chilean miner who he'd met to. He said, what struck me about is you knew Bielsa was talking from experience. He's been... there. He knew the person he was talking about somewhere else. And so, part of the power of a coach like that or when um, uh, Ancelotti was at Everton or somebody who's Gravitas. Yes. Frank Lampard. <laughs> well, again, it's gravitas and experience and knowledge and things that you can, uh, so that when you are talking to a 21-year-old player, you can be like, look, when I was at the World Cup with Battistuta, I told him this, so you need to do that. And you'll go, oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas if it's going to, look, when I was at Luton with James Bree, I told him this, you're like, who the fuck is James <laughs> Bree? <laughs> so... I think to
2: immediately maybe start thinking of cheese puns.
1: Bringing it all together as like young players with young coach and they'll all learn together. I think at some point the light bulb may go on with all these teams, ours perhaps included, because I think Marsh maybe suffers from that a little bit, as did Thomas Christiansen, as, as did Paul Heckenbottom. We think they'll all learn together and it'll be very, very, very collegiate. But also you would like um, it's an unforgiving league, and players would benefit from having. Uh, Coaches who know everything that they're talking about. and the other Like thing Frank as well, Lampard. The other thing mm. as well is the coach is probably the, one of the cheapest items on your your wage bill. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, 18 million on um, John Kevin Augustin, that's more... I mean, we paid a lot of money to Bielsa and his team, but I think they would pay for two years of, of that. He was on about 8 million a year um, at one point.
0: And, and they'd cover all of his staff as well, to be
1: clear. That was, well, exactly. That
0: was, yeah, that was not just for one man.
1: Exactly. And that's a, a big... A big wedge for a, a coach, but a, a relatively small wedge out of your overall wage bill. I want to just invest in the coach, and then they'll make all your young players better, and then they'll become a lot better. Instead, you get some fucking loser from Luton who's just gonna—he's gonna be just putting pictures of himself up everywhere.
0: Just remembered, long-term listeners, Nathan Jones was the origin of the God Rod. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? Of course he was. I'd forgotten about that. Blasph- blasphemy became, Baton. Which then became the Blasphemy Baton, which then became the Booze Baton, which was then... I think it was the Blasphemy Baton originally, and then it became... It became oh, was renamed? it God Rod? Yeah. I can't remember what well, one, it, one, it started. One came forth from the other. Yeah, that was Stoke us, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe we have to resurrect that possibly yeah I mean, we, had, we, we had
2: never had plans, actually went and, Yeah, we're, Covid on it it's too complex to explain isn't it um, <laughs>
0: what I was just going to say is well, <laughs> go well, back and listen to for about 40 hours of podcast and it might make sense it was just a cheap a, a
2: means of going on a piss up somewhere wasn't mm-hmm. it basically
1: But um, he called uh he tried to insult Pablo Hernandez in Spanish didn't he did they he? got into a fault after, into a, an argument after um, a game when he was at, back at Luton or before he went to Stoke I think it was after he uh, gone. he said uh, Um, It's my fault, said Jones. We had a little bit of an argument um, in his native tongue and I just wanted to show him I could speak Spanish. I probably said something I shouldn't have in Spanish, but I apologise. Nothing malicious or anything, uh, but I wanted to make sure that I spoke to him because it was my fault.
2: You uh, you almost went into uh, into Warnock, and there were touches of Warnock in, in your voice. That reminds me, I'm trying to find the tweet from Sid Lowe who tweeted to say that, oh, I found it. So you know Gerard Piquet, retired from Barcelona owed quite a lot of money, and he got sent off for I think from the bench, didn't he? Actually, yeah. he was red carded from the bench because Rafinha scored that header to win the game against Osasuna. Uh, but uh, Sidlow says Gerard Piquet's last words as a footballer: "I shit on your prostitute mother." <laughs> uh, talking of insulting people in in Spanish. Uh, finally, then in this in this <laughs> in this section, <laughs> finally in this section, uh, next season's dates we know them: starts on the twelfth of August, finishes on the eighteenth of May. No uh, World Cup in the middle as far as I'm aware this time. It's really
0: confusing It I've completely lost as to where the Euros are in the wrong year then the World Cup's in the right year but the wrong end of it can you
1: feel the fever aren't you excited about the World Cup? It's all so strange. It's only next week.
2: I (laughs) I think it was uh, somebody on WACO posted to say that you know normally in the run up to a World Cup you get like World Cup sponsorships all over stuff like even if it's like tubes of Pringles or Mm. whatever you know like and then the telly's covered uh, with adverts for well people who are sponsoring the tournament and then everyone makes like tangential and the people who are not the actual rights holders and sponsors always have football-related
0: promotions and stuff on them. Brewdog like, have done a thing. That seems to have gone down well.
2: <laughs> uh, but there's none of that. I just, I've just seen none of it because we're into that kind of long road into uh, Saturday night entertainment, Tell it out, we now, towards Christmas, the kind of I'm a celebrity, um, strictly come dancing stuff here in the UK, all that kind of proper big autumn TV mm. has kind of taken over everything and the World Cup's a, a summer tournament. It's strange, very, it's very wrong. strange. But yeah, 12th of August, we're returning, 18th of May, It'll all pack up, which is actually only a little different to, to this time. They've, they've squeezed a lot in, including our Carabao Cup tie. So this will come out on Thursday after the Carabao tie against Wolves, which is slightly confusing. We're so marching so, onto Europe.
0: So well done. Here we go. Wembley, Europe. Wembley.
1: Or Wembley. Out again. March out. You,
0: bloody Jr. Furpo. He can't even play in the cup.
1: <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
2: Plushcare.com
0: slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: And right now, we're going to preview Spurs, the final one before the World Cup, three o'clock on a Saturday again.
0: Amazing stuff. Traditional, traditional final game of this. Of the year in November, yeah. Oh, good it's the, good that these things are all being upheld. We, we
2: will be back before the end of the year. Just oh, that's true, yeah. yeah the the, uh, the Man City game is the twenty eighth, and then yeah, Newcastle it, is
0: New Year's Eve. It was weird saying "Have a good Christmas" to people as we left the uh, as I left the ground on mm. on the weekend. We like, "Yeah, I'll see you on the other side." I suppose it's um, worse than the shops for getting those things in early. Spurs aren't very good, I don't think. Are they? Should we just beat them yep. and then and then have a nice happy time? I don't. I don't even have to say Leeds have got one of these results in us. <laughs> There's, there's, I think we've genuinely
2: got a sniff here. I mean, equally, as we don't know what the parameters for this season are at all, as we were discussing in the last few shows, the ceiling's quite high, the basement is quite low. Where we will fall on this one, I don't know. That was a good poem, wasn't it? But we've got the potential to cause them some upset, particularly because it seems like they like to tippy-tap around and do quite slow build-up,
0: and we run around like headless chickens and chase a ball and kick it and things. Well, they just don't seem to do first halves is what I've taken from their games. I did actually watch them against uh, against Liverpool on the weekend. Second half, they were all over Liverpool and probably were just about good value for a draw, I would have said. But first half, they were crap. I, mean, I didn't watch it, but I saw the Marseille stats and knowing Spurs had a single touch in the Marseille box in the first half. right? So they just don't seem to bother with those. So if we can just get a few goals in then.
1: They just seem like they can't be bothered in general. <laughs> I've had this feeling with Spurs. Ever since they got to the Champions League final, it all just seems like too much effort for them because they've got, you know, Hugo Lloris is a good goalkeeper, Harry Kane is the England centre forward. You look through the team and you think, yeah, some loads of good players and they've got a good manager. But when then they go out on the pitch and I was like, oh, do we have to? They just don't seem like they could be bothered winning. It's the word laboured. It's all very laboured. Yeah. It? It's hard to know what really, what they want. Like, I don't know what, imp- I don't know what improves Tottenham other than they all just cheer up. Um, and I don't think Antonio Conte running them until they're sick is the person who's going to like get them all happy and smiling and full of the, the sheer joy of living out on the pitch. But just a, a real bunch of miseries. And even like, and it says here that they started the season well and they're now in poor form. I mean, they just beat Bournemouth and Marseille back to back. I mean, I lust, <laughs> I lust for that kind of poor form. I would love it. But even that, even their attempts at like poor form is like fine. That's all right. <laughs> well, it's, not,
0: it? it's not. It's not where they want to be though. Losing to you know, I know you're saying the beat um, the beat Bournemouth and Marseille back to back, but you know, yeah. one's not in the Premier League. In the, the last Premier League games, are a defeat to Liverpool, beating Bournemouth, and then defeats against Newcastle and Scum. So,
1: but also that uh, Marseille result got them through to the knockout stages of the Champions League, and
0: ah, it's pointless. And, and then, they they own, it.
1: then they end up just going, like, "Oh yeah, do it." <laughs> Who are they drawn? They've got Dortmund, haven't they? I think I can't remember. Um, yeah, and, that, and that, you know, there's a lot of energy in Dortmund one as well. So, oh shouting at us, yellow wall—it's all there on Harry Kane's face. He just—he's not an inspiring person, and he's the captain. I think he sort of sets the tone, and he, he looks like constantly like he just wants to go back to bed. So that's Tottenham. <laughs> Excellent. I love love that summary,
2: based entirely in fact and, and researcher. But it does—it does feel like at some point it's just creaking towards Conte, getting fired or walking out due to some sort of fallout.
0: I feel like he's it? got he's got a walkout in him as Conte. Although, mind mm. we will want the money, won't he? That's the problem. Managers never walk out anymore because they think, oh, they just, know, yeah. I'll just hopefully lose a few more games and I'll get like nine million quid. It's worth hanging around for, isn't it? Which you do. I think I probably would.
2: I mean, that's why when you were at ITV, you were just hanging on for redundancy and they wouldn't give you it, would they? Painful. <laughs>
0: Absolutely awful. So over the years, so many rounds of it. Never, Why never me... <laughs> t-shirt <laughs> yeah full Balotelli <laughs> why never me <laughs> why never me please get rid of me <laughs> but yeah but then um, I just feel like because the season started with Spurs and because they did do pretty well I think they were, they were like unbeaten in the first seven or eight games and they were like mm. oh title challenge maybe yeah Conte really good manager been there won it all in the past hasn't he and then they just started losing games and it was like oh no very Spurs this is the,
2: yeah this is the Spurs we
0: recognise very Spurs it? I mean they're still fourth yeah but, which it, is, which but is fine, Spurs, Spurs are
2: always destined to be 4th to 6th aren't they at the minute it just feels like no matter, they've got this big spaceship of a stadium in North London that's amazing brings them loads of revenue but they just seem destined to be 4th to 6th forever I
0: mean the stadium has entirely elevated them to a different level hasn't it because yeah. the Spurs of my youth were kind of a bit worse than Leeds most of the time he always had remember. good
1: players Linneker and Gascoigne and Darren Anderton Klinsman and Sheringham Finney Samways Willem Carston. Yeah, well, they always had. Um, I mean, I hated David Stephen, Howell's hated Stefan Freund with a uh, mm. passion. But always kind of a few interesting players knocking around and a decent manager. And I um,
2: always benefited from being in London. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you can drive. Um, you can live in Essex, can't you? And then drive in um, or Hertfordshire, whichever is nicer. Um, I think Hertfordshire. But the new stadium should be just like give them that extra, like, oh, now you you can play in London and will live in London and come to a nice stadium and will pay you lots of money. But they just, I mean, even that, you say they started losing games. They only lost two of the first 14. It's, like, it's not really been a, it wasn't a massive slump. They've still only lost three more after that. I'm still, and the fourth. It's just, I don't know. And they all seem to be, but from this position, they do seem to be wearing all like the labours of the world. Like maybe it's because Arsenal are winning yeah. the league. That doesn't help them. No, but, uh,
2: well, to the actual um, nuts and bolts of this game and Son is out injured and he's one player who would really worry me in this game running at our defence mm. particularly if they start dropping balls in behind our full backs which you know uh, spoiler alert
0: that's how you get in behind us, everyone well it was the Spurs game last year wasn't it where Luke Halen looked at the bench and did a what the fuck am I supposed to do his really quick face at, <laughs> at the bench because Son just kept turning and running in behind So yeah,
2: he's, he's had surgery to um, correct an unstable eye socket I think it was wasn't it um, the, the injury which what sounds sounds bad fairly horrific anything to do with eyes is not good is it mm. uh, um, and then we didn't have a Kane booking against Liverpool so he will play will he want to put everything into this though with the World Cup coming up you know captain and all that is he going to have one eye on that I don't know do
1: you remember him at the start of the Euros Well, be absolute shit yeah it was chronic <laughs> so I don't know if there's kind of a like a real necess- necessary need for him to be like oh I've got to build up my form going into the World Cup, so I can start the group stage with a bang. It will just be same old sort of shuffling, <laughs> disinterested looking.
2: And congratulations lump. on your on your goal as well. <laughs> yeah, he'll score probably. But like, <laughs> and this is the thing, right? I know we're kind of just having a bit of fun there, picking apart Spurs and their their weariness. But they have got loads of good players.
1: And Eric Dyer is always good for an own goal, though, isn't he? So and they, and like, they are
2: fourth in the league, but they they can't and be. The, a,
1: their fullbacks can't cross. That's the one thing that might be good for us the way we set up because they'll be attacking through it's Emerson Royal and Sesinum, isn't it? Every time they go for, I think that's part of why Harry Kane just has such a disappointing life is because he's watching those crosses just sail over his head and up for a goal kick.
2: Was it Emerson Royal who was playing against Liverpool and just kept floating crosses into the mm. stand? And, yeah.
1: and there was a quite a lot of murmuring going. It's Hilarious! On. Yeah, it's brilliant. You've got you know the best England striker in a generation in the six yard box, and you've got this sending you right back forward is he's booting the ball over his head. It's great. wonder. No it's no wonder they all look so sad.
2: And you, and you wonder, because they play five at the back or three at the back, whichever way you want to dress it up, does this help us in that they're not
0: hopefully not going to have like loads of overloads out wide? If they sign James Bree, they could have a Royale with cheese. Mm-hmm. I know you were trying to think of a cheese pun earlier. Just came, just came into my mind there. Yeah, thank you. There you go. You can have that. Excellent. Fits and, in and, perfectly, doesn't it? Enjoy that. But yeah, they're fourth. They're good.
2: They've got loads of good players. And yet, you know, you look at the way that we've performed against some sides that are up there. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? And that's not me going into this, you know, being blasé or too optimistic. But you know, if we've shown we can do one thing, it's it's rattle sides that were closer to the top. So let's give it a whiz, shall
0: we? And I think they can get the crowd can definitely get annoyed at them if we can be competitive in the first half. They'll be they'll be upset, and we'll have some uh, teams like Leeds discussion yeah. in, in the uh, post game, uh, which would be good for propaganda.
1: We should deal yeah. with um, dot coms assessments of them because we've been a little bit concentrate more on the character rather than the characteristics. So we need to get into the real uh, statistical analysis. Tactical discussion. Some tactical discussion. So their weaknesses are defending against long shots. So there's an argument there that Sam Greenwood Mm -hmm. starts. Uh, They're weak at stopping opponents from creating chances, which helps because we're quite bad at creating them. Uh, They're very weak at avoiding individual errors. So we need Brendan Aronson tackling Hugo Lloris. And they're very weak at defending against skillful players. So Somerville... Nyonto to start. Cool.
0: I mean, it's, there's a genuine question there. I mean, I suppose it'll be influenced by the Wolves game, which is tonight. So we don't know quite what is going to be the team selection there. But I mean, there's an argument to say Nyonto should start because mm. Harrison has not been great. And I know he's, he's changed position, hasn't he, in, the new, in this system. I and mean, it's not particularly worked for him. I can't remember the last time he played well. Well, he's not always when been awful. On his,
1: when he was on his good wing.
0: When was that? Feels like a long um, time ago.
1: Well, we were saying on the other Show sure, it was like as soon as Phil Hay did his article putting out how good he was going down the left, Marsh has put him on the right and he's been terrible. Mm. Jinx. So it's Hay. Phil Hay's fault.
2: Yeah. Uh, strengths they're good at counter attacks and coming back from losing positions. Mm. So if we go in front, it's another four three, isn't it? We're gonna have to go miles in front. <laughs> do what Marsh said and score in a big cluster of like goals. Score once, twice, three, three times, four times, five.
1: Their style of play though is playing in their own half, which is helpful because we we like the gegen press, don't we? So if they're gegening. We can press them. Yep. And then that's how that works. So <laughs> we don't need to worry about too much pressure on Cooper or Robin Cock at the back.
2: They seem to be quite good at creating and
1: finishing scoring chances, though, which is. Because uh, got Harry Kane. Which is basically our kryptonite. I mean, the goals Harry Kane, 11, and then everyone else. Well, it's um, Bear and Sun got three each, which is pathetic. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> They're just relying on Kane, which is why it's a bit of a shame that he didn't if pick
2: up that booking. If there's
0: one man we can get at, Eric Dyer, mm. he, all, I mean, he always looks confused as Eric Dyer, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, he's got an unfortunate face in that regard. He just he looks um, he looks baffled yeah. by the world. Yeah, and
1: yeah. Uh, Loris as well, we can um, get Ilan Melier to give him some Nathan Jones uh, style insults in his own tongue, yeah, because they share it. Like I'm coming here to replace you next summer when you leave. That yeah. kind of that kind of thing. I'm
0: kind of hoping there's a bit of a full fist fight between Marsh and Conte on the sidelines. I feel like mm. there's potential for it. Marsh sort of, is very zen in these days. Yeah, he's calmed right down. Out, yeah, but, yeah, but lay, he, out,
2: lay out your terms, though. My How's this going to unfold. How's it going to unfold? Who's going to win? Is it going to be shirts off? What
0: there'll be a because any hair pulling. It was it was Conte and um, Tuchel, wasn't it, with the the bizarre handshake yeah. earlier in the season? I'm not sure who was the aggressor in it, but it was like a.
2: It was a, you, pull, you let go no you let go how dare you hold my hand for the audio listener uh, we have <laughs> a, a, a recreation there going on
0: yeah so that was good but I think Marsh should do that with him but then nut him
1: mm. well
0: you've got to remember no, and um, he try and get some, loosen some of his hair
1: think Marsh should fight quite dirty
2: yeah I reckon like pulling so. armpit hair and stuff <laughs>
1: he'd have some wrestling tricks from the YMCA back in the day wouldn't he
0: as well yeah. I reckon Marsh has got the flex in his leggings to, to do, deliver some high kicks as well whereas Conte's Italian trousers won't his (laughs) leggings they won't allow for that
1: Marsh has got he's off he's straight off to Peru he's best man at somebody's wedding Mm. isn't he so he doesn't want to be turning up for that with his face all Charlie Cresswell so (laughs) you might have to just let um, Conte off I'll let him live this time because I've got a
0: well rules of
2: engagement rules of engagement could be no no face Mm. Mm.
0: that's true just neck downwards (laughs) (laughs) why don't fourth officials let managers like in ice hockey, just let him have it, have it out it. for a bit. Because really, yeah. no one actually wants a fight, do they? No. They want to appear to yeah. want a fight, is what managers do. Hold me back. So it'd be great if one time the fourth official went, No, I think you should hit him.
1: <laughs> See what happens. I heard what he called you. He said
0: <laughs> you he said you were the he said he'd shit on your prostitute mother or yep. whatever whatever um PK said. So i would knock him out, as far as I'm concerned. And if Mark Jackson wants to knock someone else
1: out, Oh Mark let's, Jackson definitely wants let's him have to knock have somebody at it. out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's Sir uh, Marsh's that's tactic. Happened. Is he? Uh, is he unleashes Jacko, mm. <laughs> the old uh,
0: Northern Premier Jacko, or whatever, yeah. whatever
1: division he ended up in? Cameron Toshak looks quite handy. I'm not sure about Randy Marich. No, Marich is a bit of a. a bit well, of a... he's a blogger, isn't he? It's yeah. like sending me out to fight somebody. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Whereas uh, if you if you want to have big Tosh, he can lead the way, and I'll be behind him and we'll hit him. <laughs> go on well the good news about this is that because we
2: beat Bournemouth we can't finish in the, uh, the relegation zone for the World Cup Woo! so I think from a mental standpoint in terms of how, how everyone feels for this long layoff because that's the worst thing about you know like when the Queen died and the games got postponed and we'd kind of gone into this bad run of form before that and then it extended after it went on forever didn't it it just went on forever without a win you know we didn't get a win between August and mm-hmm. oct- October
0: I mean pre-Liverpool I bad. fully expected we would be in the relegation zone come the break so to not be so to not be is nice like you're saying just to not have to think about it quite as much it has all changed
1: quite quickly because Marsh's uh, best man speech at this wedding would have had to have so many kind of like you know it's nice to be here and I I might as well stay here because I don't have a job anymore (laughs) Like there would have had to be so many kind of self-deprecating kind of references to um, being sacked whereas now he can be fully yeah he can tell everybody about what a great time he's having and and pretend it's going well (laughs) yeah it's all it's all fine oh don't worry about what you saw in the papers like oh I sorted that it's cool oh well done Jesse like, it's fine there we so, go. so
2: um, should we just go to Spurs and win because that would be nicer than any, anything else I mean a draw would see us potentially depending on what Brentford do at Man City would see us finish 11th which would be I mean, the that, nice. top of the bottom half
0: so you get something for that don't you I, b- I believe so yeah yep. some sort of a, a shield I think <laughs> for, the, for doing that it's a plate cup vase yeah, yeah it's, it's a weirdly tight league apart from when you look at the goal difference then the bottom four does appear to be sort of cut off if we're just going to look at that I know, I was... I know you're like looking at your goals scored then,
2: I think but... you have got to use it as a guy there's a guy who, whose name escapes me who um, tweeted us this morning let me just dig out his name I saw, I, I saw this Yeah, some sort of using the you, you remember doing Pythagoras at mm. school which was about the triangles and all that jazz well it's basically it's a statistical I looked into it a statistical method of working out based on the goals that you score and the goals that you concede roughly where you should finish it's born out of baseball but it's been applied to other different sports since then exactly how and why it applies to football is not in t- like completely clear to me <laughs> because you've got to use a certain multiplier. It's uh, anyway, all I'll say is looks interesting and it's got us finishing 13th, which is about That's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Take it. I
1: mean, but the uh, one, one thing to say going into this is it's kind of a bit of a cliche about how hard it is to win. It was Michael Rogerson, by the way, who is uh, weird Al's dad on Twitter. Thank thanks, you. Thanks Michael. Michael. About how difficult it is to win back to back games in the, the premier league it's kind of if you're a bottom half team that's one of your um targets if we beat spurs we would win three in a row and spurs who are fourth have not managed that in the premier league this season they've done back to backs twice and i know we are still only like uh, 15 games uh, 13 14 fb fb includes it includes you have, you met, you
0: have in new numbers
1: it includes <laughs> the postponed we've matches played, like, we've, it, played, uh, okay. we've
2: played 13 this will bring us up to 14 right.
1: they've played 14 so it's yeah. bring them up to 15 so you know it, but it's a fair chunk of the season not to be able to win more than two in a row and that's Spurs and they're pretty good millions of pounds worth of players and cheese so if we manage to go into uh, the break with Liverpool Bournemouth and Spurs all knocked off one by one that is actually that's a remarkable achievement and Jesse Marsh, new contract time. Um, Everybody's happy and nothing can possibly go wrong from then on. But um, that's maybe the context in which to put our inevitable defeat because (laughs) uh, winning three in a row is really, really hard. So be fine with losing.
0: Yeah, we never managed it last season, did we? I was just looking at the only times we managed back-to-back wins last season, both bought completely false dawns of thinking we were safe because West Ham away do you remember that one yeah it was good fun that played well one it was like our oh, table looks alright and then Wolves away and that was another one after it you looked at the table and went that's huge we're probably going to be alright now yeah. and then there was still that absolutely dreadful collapse and panic at the last minute of the season so nothing is nothing is to be taken for granted is it but apart from beating Spurs apart from beating Spurs obviously
2: quiz time Michael oh yeah what percentage of people in the UK don't have an up to date Will Um half <laughs> Um, do, you, do you include kids? <laughs> 60% is the answer. Do you know why I'm asking this? Le- yes, it's Levi's Okay, right. Yes. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's yeah.
0: what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, what is a will? It's where your, where your stuff
2: goes, in it? When you die. Yes, indeed. It's a legal document. Sets out what you'd like to happen to your property and belongings when you die. Without one, what happens? Don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> have you got one? Nope. Oh, dear. you Get one. I know, I really should get How one. Can, we are be sponsored by Levi's. You haven't but, got a will. They have, in fairness, offered to do one for me. Right, get that done, please, because your assets will not necessarily go to the people that you would want to inherit them. They won't go to you, Will, though. You can't have them when you're dead, Okay, sadly, no. Um, but they are seriously more important than you realise. For homeowners, parents, if you're in a relationship, not married, civil partnership, vital, vital. Why can making a will help, Michael? What will it help stop? Um, you getting your grubby mitts on my stuff. Exactly, and stop families
0: falling out. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> Do you even speak to yours? Yeah, of course are they They're nice people. Yeah, what happened with you so. then? <laughs> every, every family's got one, haven't they? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Will will give you peace of mind as well that your loved ones and your family are going to be look at, looked after when you're gone. And yeah, as Michael says, it makes sure, in different words, that your property goes to the right people. Otherwise, you don't want it going to your estranged wife, do you, Michael? I don't have one yet. Yet, be the, the operative word. <laughs> or you might end up not leaving anything to your partner at all. An option. <laughs> it's dead easy to put it off as well. So get it done, get in touch with Levi's. It's not complicated. The team will advise you what best suits your circumstances. They've got offices in Leeds City Centre, Town in North Leeds and in Wakefield as well. And if you are a bit further afield, they can do appointments online as well. 10% off as well. That's the most important thing. 10% off your legal fees, including wills at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Go get it done. Last summer, the good folks at Boxed kept 100 Leeds fans fed and watered for four days to give us the energy to complete our 92-mile charity walk. These days, of course, the focus is on conserving energy and minimizing waste. And Boxed have been sharing their tips to use your heating system as efficiently as possible to help keep your energy bills down. And upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat could save you up to £1,150 a year. Plus, upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one couldn't be easier with Boxed. You'll get a fixed fair price in just 90 seconds with Boxed. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional 50 quid on your online quote by using the code TSB50. And you don't have to walk 92 miles to do it. Just grab your phone, head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk, and use the code TSB50 to upgrade your boiler and save money now. It's time for Heroes and Villains now, then part three of the show. The Ken Bates Villain of the Week award is first. The nominations, going to give you a few to pick from here. Then in the Leeds corner, Leeds United as a concept has been upsetting people. The board, the fans, Jesse Marsh, our defence, Rodrigo. In the opposition corner, Bournemouth as a whole, Kiefer Moore, Tavernier. Have we got a, a definitive pronunciation on that? Is it Tavernier, um, Moscow? No, or is it? Well,
1: What would people prefer?
2: Tavernier. Tavernier, yeah. Ta- uh, Gary O'Neill. And then pundits, uh, Gabby Agbon-Lahore and Paul Merson plus... Uh, there's some others as well to uh, to bring you there. So uh who do you want to talk about and why? And we've got a lot of people who've sent in nominations as well, our TSB Plus members. Thank you for your feedback on these. We'll run through the uh, the highlights
0: of those. Go for it. I mean, there was a late surge because I was collating these. There was a definite late surge for Victor Alter in particular on these after his his ranting and raving in the West Stand, which we have kind of become accustomed to. And it's one of those things that I've sort of watched it. I'm not personally offended by it particularly as, well as I'm watching it I'm thinking like in a way I don't really mind it other than it's just completely fucking pointless it yep. doesn't it doesn't achieve anything it makes it more likely that people will shout at him in future it creates more of a division between the board and the fans and it doesn't it doesn't achieve a single thing that he thinks it achieves it just means people go he seems like a bit of a fucking aggro bastard what's, yeah. up, what's up with him?
1: don't think he's thinking in those moments is he? I think it's just it's a bit it's we know now, you shout at him, he shouts back. I think that's the thing. You had an interesting contrast actually with Kinnear next to him because Kinnear just kind of sits and takes it and go and, and smiles wanly oh, into there, the distance. There's Victor! Which is, well, but if Victor wasn't there and people were just shouting at Angus Kinnear and he was just sitting there and taking it, people would go, what a fucking dickhead. And do, because he does just sit there and take it. But then Victor Ort shouts back and people go, what a fucking dickhead. It's, it's sort of, I don't know, Maybe they need to move that themselves back up to the east stand out of everybody's way because it was quite uh, difficult to get at um, people like Ken Bates and Massimo Cellino because the uh, the east stand um, exec suites were just built in a different way and much more difficult for fans to get to. Whereas being right in the middle of the west stand means it's quite easy; they can hear everything. Which is the other thing is that the west the east stand I think is less voluble, although. Chilino definitely heard those chants that meant he then started charging everybody in the South stand an <laughs> extra £5 pounds purely because he hated our fans. I mean, the, I keep thinking about this sometimes. Like I, I, um, Victor Orta has become like this sort of lightning rod as a, as a hate figure and so gets into these situations where people want to, you know, people are tweeting and going on the internet saying they want to knock his teeth out which essentially for buying a bad left back. seems to be... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, so it's the upper level of his crimes when you when you base it down to it and like it's compared to whereas and I was thinking about Chilino used to like he used to go out around town and be in fibre and people would have selfies with him because he was a bit of a lad and it's like well he's he, he literally hates the fans so much he's charging an extra five pounds to get into the stand but that's all sort of fine but whereas now we've got into the Premier League and our you know our left back isn't good enough and Rodrigo's a bit shit and so, you know, there are people yelling at Victor Orta in the street and there was a thing at Brentford. He referred to it in his statement where he's apologising like because the Brentford one that was the previous one, where, again, he's just out of line, where he's, "Well, oh, that's 16 years in the championship without me. Ah, shut the fuck up. Well, was, but uh, he had it, his family with him on that one and it's kind oh, of yeah. like um, there is a point of like, I don't know how we got to the point where everybody just wants to, to <laughs> you know, literally do violence against Victor Orta when, you know, I would absolutely criticise a lot of the, signings he's made and the managerial appointments he's made and the way he goes about things and you know trying to I was talking about how I would do the, the Jean-Kevin Augustin deal if it was offered again tomorrow but then I think the way we try to get out of it I don't understand why we didn't just buy him and then try and get him fit seems to be if we're going to pay 80 million in, in the end so the, I agree with the original deal but then how they've handled it like when it went wrong just keep the player and like try and, and get him over it and get him back to being that £40 million pound player all sorts of things you can talk to him about. I don't understand why. Um, sort of rearranging his face has to be a. The thing a, is, football stadiums
0: and the internet. People just say things they wouldn't say in ordinary life. Mm. People, most people who are saying they knock his teeth in and stuff. If they saw him in real life, they'd go, "All right, Victor," and he'd go, "All right," and, go, All right, and that'd be it. Mm. They'd be not because it, it's not real, is it? None <laughs> of it's real.
1: No, apart from at Brentford, and then. To have but they're,
0: but they're in a, you're in a football stadium, and you know there's a shouting at people is kind of what you do in a football mm. stadium so the context of it is all different and you know that realistically you're shouting at him from probably five
1: rows of seats away or whatever. And I guess it is then but it's the shock of like he, sh- he shouted back. Yeah. Like, is that unfair? Can he well, not shout back? I was going to him? say
2: before that Lee Int Cheese has sort of summed it up by saying that he didn't like it because he somehow made the great comeback about him and mm. it goes back to what you are saying about the whole you know, 16 years without me and stuff like that, I think. Which, you know, he's entitled to feel a bit put out when people are shouting him probably because he, he wants to defend his own position. But it's like you say, Mike, ultimately it boils down to the fact it's not really very, very helpful. And Hilton Crowther, do you remember Hilton Crowther, uh, Moscow? Yes. Good to see he's my, still going my, strong. <laughs> might not be the original one. Uh, but uh, he says, Victor Otto getting a bit tired of the uh, Otto radrozani Kinnear attitude that the fans are too stupid to appreciate the big picture and the caviar football we are being served up.
1: Mm. It is. Um, I, I can remember thinking this before we got promoted because Radwitzani's touchiness as well always seemed misplaced. He's and, so, so thin skinned, isn't he? And he needed to bear in mind, and I think this is part of what the, the trouble is. And it is a bit unfair, but it's tr- but it's just the way it is. They got us promoted out of the championship after sixteen years. Nobody else could do it. And you would think the reward for that would be freedom of the city or something. It's not. Is you just get you get a grudging thanks um, well, in July question, 2020. It's like
0: what's next it's the,
1: a yeah, basic thing. And then you but then all the credit goes to Bielsa because we all loved him more than we love Radvidsani and that's just the, the fact that he, and he has to deal with that and then you will just get immediately back to being criticised for everything you do. And that's just the nature of it and you've got to you've got to deal with it better than Victor Orta deals with it and you've got to deal with it better than Radvidsani deals with it with the constant well not constant but the tweeting. Like it was when he piped up after the Liverpool game. Oh, well, you see, we weren't, you know, it's one match. Um, and it is kind of like, Hilton is correct, it's like this kind of clapping back at the fans as if they're making a point to us um, isn't really the game. You you arguably just have to take it. And although I can understand why Victor Orta would not want to, and that's why I'm kind of like, if you shout sack the board, I mean, it's not the worst thing anybody shouted in that stadium um that afternoon <laughs> no um, or any afternoon uh by a, a long short and it's shit
0: on your prostitute mother is what i should say to fans who are uh, um, who are criticizing him but um, it goes back to the insulting people in spanish doesn't it again? exactly yeah. Just i sort of
1: that. understand his impulse to do it and then sort of it's maybe a bit of like self policing is i don't want to be i don't want to be the kind of person who yells at somebody because they've signed the wrong left back um it's all kind of like a you know they've the world probably in general and football in particular would benefit from a lot of people just taking so much of the steam out of so much inconsequential bollocks.
2: But it is, it, but it is consequential in that you invest so much of your emotional well-being in it that people, I think, feel entitled to vent. But then so does Orta as well.
1: But yeah, you can't invest your entire emotional well-being Why in not? the quality of a left-back. Because, <laughs> because because well, are, actually, you saying that, are you saying that's not healthy? Especially at Leeds United because mm-hmm. since Mick Whitlow we haven't had a, a, a good one. Um, left-backs, Tony DiRigo also, I suppose, he can have some good. Even Ian Hart let us down when we realised he was slow. So it's kind of, you can't build your world around left-backs. And it is that kind of, there is an increased, um, this is sort of general thing in football, of like nothing, absolutely nothing can let you down. And if it does, it's a disaster. And I don't know, I don't think it's a good way of following the game is kind of expecting everything to be exactly as you want it and then getting angry about things one by one that are not exactly as you wish them to be. So because... you're saying
2: buy a striker, buy a left back or else. Good. Um, <laughs> what I will say is about the ownership just to type this thought is that what you'll find is that it'll be held in better regard assuming we stay up this season and he sells up in the summer. They'll, people will look back on his tenure from start to finish in another five or ten years time and say we went from X to Y, and overall, it was good. Direction of travel was right, but everyone gets focused in on it's like, issues, issues. At
0: right the now. point at which Leslie Silver died, everyone was full of praise, saying how what a great chairman he'd been, and and Bill Fotherby as well. When when he passed away, people were saying again, oh, I was it did some great stuff at the time. I remember people what was the graffiti Fotherby yeah. crook liar or something liar
2: crook thief wasn't something it? like that. Yeah, I remember on, that being on, there, and they on got the loads, mo- on the motorway
0: underpass. It was wasn't they them? got loads of shit. So yeah. it, it's, it's overall, a- they have taken us to a obviously a far better place, but I suppose it's sometimes not expecting people to be constantly grateful for that. Yeah, and it goes it back to the idea to of, of the forming
2: your view using hindsight properly rather than being caught up in panicky
1: moments yeah. like an existential crisis week after week. They Michael. all need to remember they'll get there. thanks when they're done. Yeah. It won't happen now. And Liverpool are probably a, a good example as well where, you know, um, FSG... Won the Champions League and are still not good enough. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like, so expecting Leeds fans to be happy and delighted that we're twelfth and that the left backs fucking chronic and uh, we've you know wasted thirty million on uh, Rodrigo's never all our top scorer or whatever um, he's like scored <laughs> all those goals but he's still shit. He's our Harry Kane. scores a lot of goals but but just looks miserable. And then um, all the Ur- the Augustine stuff like it's very present and people will get caught up on that just as they get caught up on Liverpool have are somehow under-delivering by winning the Champions League so they've won the Champions League they've they re- won the, rebuilt the stadium they won the Premier League for what? the first time in 30 however many years and the fans were not good still, enough still it's not good enough so expecting us to be happy don't, it won't happen and you need to just chill <laughs>
2: well, let's um, wrap up the other ones because that does segue neatly into our fans and Danny Mills don't think it's probably the original one but says uh, our fans have been grumpy complaining sods after winning we came back from 3-1 down who cares mm. and then Matt wants to nominate himself and the early leavers this is unbelievable what what Matt's done here I can't believe why would you choose this moment like somebody you know I mentioned that my dad left at three one down mm. because Legion United fundamentally has broken him over a number of decades now and I don't think he enjoys it at all anymore <laughs> anymore however Matt says he said, myself for exiting the ground when we gave away the free kick which we then subsequently went and scored the fourth from
0: also I could get a bit of a head start on the traffic what a knobhead. I'll never forgive it was myself still ten minutes left at that point yeah. with the injury time yeah you are a knobhead, Matt I'm sorry <laughs> I, I don't know what you were thinking. I look, don't know what you were thinking, bits, Matt, but <laughs> dear me. Um,
2: Jesse gets some nominations, our defense get nominations, Rodrigo gets nominations for being sulky. Um anything you want to pull out of those or should we
1: give the award? Um Rachel mentions that Jesse's jeans, uh, dear god, please stop with those stonewashed washed jeggings. You're in your 50s. He's not
2: pun. he's just turned 49. Yeah, he's so
1: clinging on to his youth. Actual connection, Rachel, you need to review that. He's got one more year. Of the jeggings <laughs> One more, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll
0: come back. But, and I mean, given how tight they yeah, the crotch will probably wear through in that time anyway. The uh, the thigh rub. We'll see. We'll see to them. That's funny because these jeans I'm wearing have gone through at the crotch. And they are and they're similar to fit to those Jesse. They're, ones. they're not similar fit. There's more <laughs> not giving they're, these they're, more giving. They're, not, yeah, they're very forgiving. Um yeah, yeah, Rodrigo is some for sulking, which yeah, fair enough. On at the Bournemouth stuff.
1: Yeah, I've oh, yeah, um, not done it, I've I've
0: scanned the page down. <laughs> amazingly, two people who are TSB Plus subscribers have played football (laughs) against Kiefer Moore it's
1: almost like he's an absolute
0: donkey isn't it (laughs) Should we we hear from
2: someone yeah absolutely let's do that Um, Bournemouth as a whole got nominated just before I play that clip by Philip for just Kiefer Moore character uh, ref character learner character the character delighted they lost bunch of seaside whinging low rent small capacity home ground waste of time character let's hear about Kiefer Moore all right guys, what a fucking win that was. got to say their striker, Kiefer Moore. I went to school with him and also used to play in the same seven-a-side league, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. And uh, it was my last game in the seven-a-side league as five minutes into it, he had a shot and I heroically saved it in goal. However, my wrist shattered around the ball. And... Uh, yeah, it was nice to see Cooper elbowing that prick right in the fucking
1: neck today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you see, he could have been a pro. He's ruined his pro chances there now. And I don't know about Lars, but he also played against him. He said uh, he said he loved it when Cooper smashed him right after three uh, three. Said um, he said he played against him in 2015 at level four in Norway, right. um, and he played centre back there. Uh, He's got two goals. The did, character did, scored two goals. Yeah. Keep more in the lost the lost five one, but revenge is sweet. So and he also points out that which I didn't know. His full name is. Kiefer Roberto Francisco Moore. That's good, isn't it? Mm. Exotic.
1: Eligible to play internationally for Wales and China. Really? Apparently so. How how China? Um, Ancestral affiliations. Well, there you go. I hope
2: you haven't made that up.
1: Um, Well, it's on Wikipedia. That's that's true. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Gabby Agbonlahor
2: gets nominated for his his pathetic low-rent trolling with TalkSport. And I do like the thing that Weedy says. He constantly has that confused look of a dog that's just farted itself awake. That's very true. (laughs) Paul Merson,
1: uh, for this. they've never beaten the oh. league team. Oh. Uh, they have an opportunity to. No! What a goal! In a moment, what, but what a goal! Gather,
2: something's oh, happened my. at Ellen Road, Paul Merson. What a goal by Leeds United! That is a Ball. If they counter-attack from a corner, it's an unbelievable winner by whoever heads it out. I don't know who it was. <laughs> instead of just clearing, it, he knocks it down to. Tonto, Tonto runs the length of the pitch with a ball and Adams is running beside him and he flicks Adams, in, uh, Somerville in, sorry. And Somerville, one-on-one with a keeper. What a finish. What a goal. What a game. 4-3. Wow. Tonto. <laughs> just, I was, learn, just learn uh, his name. I was watching. I mean, I, I struggled with, with it at the start. because like, I had Hello Moto in my head, but I quickly learned his name, got past that. And I'm just doing a stupid podcast. I'm not on Sky Sports. It's
1: easier if you just call him Wilf. I was watching um, England versus Brazil from the 1970 World Cup because that's what I do. And (laughs) um, uh, Terry Cooper of Leeds United was playing left wing back, changing the game forever. And Hugh Johns, I think it's Hugh Johns, was the commentator, uh, kept calling him Tommy Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) That's near enough. Yeah, it's close.
0: I like it. Yeah, it's yeah, a bit just, distracting. Just, just learn his name. If I can do it, Paul Merson can do it. I looked up Tonto. I was aware it was a Lone Ranger thing. I thought it was the horse Tonto. Yeah. Clearly not. No, it's his mate. One it? it's his mate. Yeah, Silver the horse. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm, I, I should say all sil- this with Holt Tavernier.
2: Hi, hi, ho <laughs> Silver away. And um, finally, Liz Frank gets a nomination by Boney M. Whoever this uh, Liz Frank person is, she's gone on broken Sinistera's <laughs> foot. Very good villain of the week,
1: <sighs> Victor. I know we've stuck up for him a little bit there. But, I mean, um, just, you've
2: got, got quite length about why he's been justified and he's your hero uh, and all that. But you should still shut
1: the fuck up, though, shouldn't he? Fine. That's the so. thing. It just
0: does not achieve anything. No. Just, oh, people, are, people are more likely to p- pick on you if you respond. Like your mum would have said to you, Victor, don't rise to it. They, that's what they want. That's what people are looking for.
2: Mm. Right. On to the uh, Gatana Baradi Hero of the Week award. And our Player of the Year tracker uh, has taken an interesting turn because Tonto, Nonto, Go on, Wolf. Uh, now has the highest score. On the Player of the Year tracker, but he's only play only played two games, so we're not going to count him yet. Mm. It seems a bit unfair when he's yeah, when I mean, he's not even chalked up ninety minutes. We will set we'll, we'll set the parameters of this as we as we go on and we get towards the end of the season. Because yeah.
0: if he gets injured now, we can't have him Player of the Year after two two no. performances. Do can what we make. want though, can we? We can I do what we, we want. Can, can, right, that's yeah. true.
2: Um, Tyler Adams now at the top, seven point zero six with Melier seven point zero one, and Brendan Harrison just behind that, six point nine seven. So it's still those three jostling for the uh, Big Sexy uh, Pirate in fourth. Very con- consistent performer. Mm. Uh, so the candidates for this week's Hero of the Week award, it's all very tight between Somerville, Greenwood and Nonto. Leeds are the ones, Bamford, Cooper, Adams, Marsh and the Fans. non leads Court for Arbitration for Sport. Cast Villains, I would say. Right. Unless, I've unless, done a, I've done a Ron Burgundy there, just read the script, haven't I?
0: <laughs> yeah, unless, unless it's... Um, I mean, it's a, a script that you've written badly. Could be Castleford the Town. Right? Right. I, don't know, I don't think it's done anything wrong. So the Court for Arbitration for Sport should have been in the... Or, or Castleford. Yeah. Uh, here well, maybe
1: that's where we should have... Maybe that's who we... Why we fought it for so long. It's like, oh, this, this ends up getting decided by somebody in Cass. <laughs> anyway, so we'll be all right. They Back. won't. They won't make us pay. Back to Greenwood. But,
0: but yes, having put this together, Greenwood got a huge amount of uh, of nominations. As did Summer Villain and Nonto. It was basically them. Nonto actually got the most. I did count them up. Um, so he he did just about edge it. But I think maybe Greenwood, because we've had him a bit. Maybe not as appreciated. Nonto's the new thing, isn't he? So everyone's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, you shiny toy. And he's, and he's he's adorable too. I've just read,
2: read TJ's, TJ's description of him as uh, as Big Little Willie, the chubby funster with the golden <laughs> smile and a brain full of Latin. <laughs> there you go. That's excellent.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something about Nonto this week that I think has, has just captured everyone from his little dancing thing that he's done with Somerville. The fact that Jesse seems to love how what a good boy he is, and yeah. that he seems to be. He's like he's like sort of Jimmy's studious mate, isn't he? he Who's going to get him on the on the straight and narrow as well? So.
1: Oh yeah, Jesse. I I listened to your press conference. Mmm, <laughs> fascinating things you were you were saying. Can't remember the details. Yeah. <laughs> it goes
2: into the dressing room. Did you did you watch my press conference yeah, there, Willie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, boss. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> of
1: course I did. And uh, that's that's where he'll um, he needs to get Somerville on the straight and narrow. Is Cree lie lie to your boss? <laughs> Just lie to him just pretend
0: if you said what was it talking about just say our um, spirit and that
1: yeah togetherness. I, I said it was quite difficult to understand everything because it's not my native tongue mm. obviously like it's what Michael used to do at some, ITV some of, the, <laughs> some of the uh, the idioms he has got uh, braces as well as uh, Wolf mm. Nantel which is quite uh, a nice little detail it's like when we found out that um, Matt Click wears glasses Mm. I think he should wear them on the pitch before he leaves us.
2: So, the uh, the player of the year scores, yeah, it was Greenwood 8.55, uh, Willie 8.62, Somerville 8.3. So, they were all right in there in the mix. Other Leeds ones, uh, Bamford, <laughs> because it gave Willie a chance. Oh, bless him. Being built of toffee, says Luke. Cooper gets a nomination. Adams gets a nomination. Marsh gets a nomination. And the fans as well. I uh, think, particularly, Dave from Dallas saying that the home fans singing, We are the champions, champions of Europe when we were 3 1 down. And so on and so forth.
0: I'm tempted to give it to Greenwood because I think he was mentioning some of the feedback, but he didn't celebrate that goal, did he? Because it was, no. at the time, it meant nothing. And he very, he quite rightly, he deserved to, though, didn't he? He did, because it was a really brilliant goal. But he, he just, he instead, so... I was thought back to when Anthony Elding scored for Leeds. It was his first goal for us. And I think we were 2 0 down at, the, at that point And he scored to make it 2 1 in front of the cop. That was his big moment once. And it? he went off fucking celebrating. And everyone was going, get the fucking ball! <laughs> just get the fucking ball and get back to halfway whereas Greenwood quite rightly went yep someone else get it because I'm too far away because I've scored from right far out good uh, that won it but let's just get back to let's get back halfway and go get another one
1: Wilf celebrated that goal more than Sam did he was giving big licks in front of the cop so kind of is that the kind of uh, colleague (laughs) that we want somebody who's going to steal your moment of glory like that that's not cool from Willy he was just enjoying it though yeah I think so. so but yeah so Sam Greenwood and also it's a great goal. It is, yeah. It's a really, really good goal. And, and to turn, because he's always been noted for like his dead ball ability, and that's his thing. That he's great from free kicks. To turn a moving ball situation into a dead ball situation the way he did is great. So well done.
0: So is he having it then? Is it Greenwood? I mean, oh, I don't it's, hard know. To, it's hard to look past. Yes, and,
1: well, and we've barely even spoken about some of it either, yes, have we? Jane says his feet are made of pixie dust. <laughs> You're not going to deny somebody like that their uh, hero. Status um, Irish and confused points out that nobody else should ever take a set piece again but him. Somebody mentioned he's able to take corners without somebody holding his hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which um, that is made a good point. Because
0: we have spent weeks watching Aronson all and Jackie all doing all this. all this fucking about and then getting it headed out of the near post and just having someone on who can just put it right in the box.
1: Yeah, look for where uh, look for where our really good um, header of the ball is. <laughs> And put it there, it's, yeah. Mm. Put a big cross onto his head, and But, that then,
0: but then everyone will know you're going to hit a good corner every time, and then it becomes
1: predictable, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But that's where you got movement. So, like, <laughs> uh-uh. get get Cooper to move. Imagine if, it,
0: imagine if it was a good corner every time; it'd be it'd be too predictable. It's be- <laughs> better that mainly we we fuck him up. It does feel to
2: me like you know, as a as a relative veteran now, these days of watching of watching leads that we've been hitting crap corners to the near post for a good thirty five years. Mm which, you know, for as long as I can
1: remember. It was misbehaving when Bathing who pointed out that he's able to uh, to to do this without um comp- without a teacher. Right then, who is it? Go on then, who is having it? Sam uh, Greenwood. Yeah. Sam I Greenwood. mean, I think we'll be nominating Nonto's going to win this again, isn't he? Because he's obviously going to be the Premier League top scorer. Uh, an unli- so an
2: unlikely hero then, the unlikely hero of the
1: trio. Give him, yeah, a little uh, underdog nomination. And there's, you know, He's spoke from yet. Sunderland. There's not a lot of good there.
2: <laughs> I mean, he got out, so that's exactly pra- praiseworthy.
1: So. Somerville,
2: yeah, uh, he didn't really get much of a mention there, because if, if, like because he's done three and three, it's almost too obvious. I think we're looking for the for the underdog here.
0: Yeah, and it somehow ended up. The story was more about Willie's run, wasn't it? I, I felt in this game. That's mm. what we'll see everyone and and I think the fact Willie did is he's falling over in this in Somerville celebration as well stole the limelight a bit because everyone was like look oh, there he goes falling over
1: it's yeah, funny I mean, Somerville had his hot minute at the start but then he disappeared for most of the first half as well whereas Wolfe had like his half was a really impressive performance overall I think he did play better he's really, it's really good overall. isn't he yeah. It, yeah it's surprising can, like, we, can we give it to all three of them I mean mate. no just give it to Sam Greenwood well, why do you keep well, we, labouring this point no we
2: can say before we can do what we want
1: we yeah possibly, no we just give it to Sam we, right. have, we have possibly not given Nansu enough credit
0: for actually just playing really well because yeah. I feel like it has been caught up in all the, the fun bits he did But we he, were saying just, on the
1: match board though, that everybody's got like a different thing that they appreciate about how mm-hmm. he played so there is a lot of um, uh, love for the different things he did I think the maybe
0: match. the experience is key with him because he's actually played a reasonable amount of first team football hasn't he M- more so than the likes of Greenwood and Somerville at this point. So yeah. I guess just keep playing them. All right, fine. Win well, the league in that. Well
2: done. It's Sam Greenwood, your hero of the week. That wraps up the show for this time. Uh, we'll be back into the 300s, 301 next week. And we've got a Wolves match ball that will be out now already. <laughs> oh. Before this show, we're going to go back in time. <laughs> Enjoy it. We'll see you
1: in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast.